Welcome to this podcast of TGC Canada. My name is Wyatt Graham, and I'm joined by Stephen Bray. He's a pastor in Newfoundland. And uh, we wanted to kind of bring this to you to talk about some practical things of life. And we know many of you and we ourselves are feeling burdened and there's hardship. Many of us are a bit downcast. Some of us are melancholy. Some of us are sad. And we wanted to kind of think through what practical wisdom look like for the Christian life. Like, how can we practice encouragement? How can we practice hope? What does that look like at a more nitty gritty level? And how can we offer help that is not merely true and right at a theoretical level, but actually influences how we wake up in the morning and eat our breakfast? So thank you for joining us, Steve. And I'll just kind of open up by asking a very basic question. Many of us probably feel this way. I wake up, I have no motivation, there's a pandemic, I'm on furlough or my job's at home, I don't see my friends anymore, everything feels hard, um, help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, um, I think you just described probably many of us as even professing Christians, and dare I say, many of us as pastors, What's worse is I think sometimes because of spiritual pride and or spiritual fear, pastors struggle to admit that they encounter these things. And we tend to feel like, all right, here's two verses, call me in the morning, or, you know, the classic, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. None of which, hear me, that I disagree with. Uh, I, I think what we miss often in the spiritual disciplines, because I have felt this, I, it's interesting that you opened up the way you did. I was just talking to my wife and some friends that we had over on our back deck and talked about the fact that, you know, I go to sleep, get up and I don't feel rested. I feel burdened. Um, I feel like the world is changing so quickly and there's so many competing views for how to do life right now that it just seems very much overwhelming. And so I know what I'm supposed to do. I know that God is in control. I know all these mentally, uh, accurate facts. I think what we we misunderstand is that Jesus is completely comfortable with us wrestling through these emotional valleys. Um, on a very practical level for me, because I'm an emotional extroverted person, I've had to alter the way I read my Bible and the way I pray. So because maybe, maybe even because I was born into a Christian family, I shouldn't say born, but young in life, my parents got saved when I was five years old. I've been around church, Sunday school, youth group, Christian school, all of these things, as long as I can remember. And so often, you know, read your Bible was very structured. And, and again, hear me now, everybody's different. But for me, I've had to really take up the art of journaling take up the art of reading my Bible and wrestling with it and, and, and coupling. Now I kind of read a little bit and then I pray, I read a little bit and then I pray. And I'm very honest with God about my struggles. And I actually feel that's given me new insights into the book of Psalms. You know, we, we, we somewhat tritely say, Oh, read the Psalms. You'll find all the emotions. You'll find this and that, but stop and actually think about what the writers are saying uh, in, in the Psalm, like Psalm 100 to 119. So say 100 to 118. There are several Psalms in there, even though they're Psalms of Ascent, where the Psalmist, if you read it at face value, stops just short of accusing God of being a liar. Like you've made promises. And from my perspective, you haven't kept them. 
it feels like I do right and I suffer and people do do wrong and they don't suffer. And I, I just think we, we have these expressions that kills me that we, we should call up our friends and we need to vent. We need to get things out, you know, all of this type of stuff. But I don't think we vent to God very well, where we really wrestle with God. I'm reading a book right now called The Possibility of Prayer by John Stark. And I have to tell you, I'm, I'm really, really being blessed by it. One of the statements in it, he says that praying is basically crying out to God for his attention. Hmm. And I think that's probably been the biggest thing for me on a spiritual level. It has been to change up how I read my Bible and how I pray. Now, on a practical level, you got to know your own body and you got to know your own personality. So for me, rest is not going to help me in this season. Being sitting on the back deck with complete stillness actually just drives me nuts. It causes my anxieties to go up. For me, the expression is a change is as good as a rest. So some of the physical things that I have done is I put on some good Christian music, get out my backyard, I've rebuilt a fence, I redid my deck, I'm doing laying down patio stones, I'm getting dirty and sweaty, I'm doing manual labor, that, that tires me out, and then it allows me later on in the evening to sit on my back deck, look up in the stars, drink a cup of tea, and feel that fatigue that has purely been physical, that's mindless, um, I don't feel the burden. That's a way some of those burdens get let go for me. Um, so on a practical level, I think that's important. And then, and then no matter what it's pursue friendship, um, whether when you're married, do things with your wife, um, and find ways, even with the lockdowns, Debbie and I've been very deliberate to find a way to have a couple over to laugh, not always turn everything into a coronavirus discussion. We've watched Tim Hawkins videos. We've <laughs> funny videos that have made us laugh. We have swapped stories and I'm not going to say at all why it, that it makes the melancholy go away. What it does do is helps me um, bear my burden. Well, mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I saw Andrew Wilson, it was a big help for me. Nowhere in the Bible does Paul pray and say, Lord, change my circumstances. He asks God actively to change his perspective. And, and the more I do that, the, the better it is, has been for me. And I say that as a guy who, who literally over the last four months, I've had my share of ups and downs on the emotional roller coaster of uh, my own heart, my church, my other leaders, my pastoral friends, the church in Canada, the church of North America, all of these types of things. So I, I think every individual, male or female, has to say, okay, I'm not doing well. Why do I think I'm not doing well? And so how can I do what I'm still called to do? I'm still called to trust God. I'm still called to cast my burdens on him. I'm still called to be anxious for nothing. But those aren't static, weird kind of black and white commands of the sense that Jesus doesn't understand our struggle. And uh, I, I have, I've been reading a book. Uh, well, look, this is as weird because not everybody can do this. One of my great outlets this, I've been doing a half hour daily devotion every day on my own Facebook. And while I've been very blessed to have some people tune in, to be quite honest with you, it's almost been like my own little video journal. And I have found it very therapeutic to almost mm. talk through my spiritual journey every day for 30 minutes. Mm. And I think 
if I had to say anything, that has been a great help for me. So it, it has brought me joy, brought me perspective. It has kind of balanced my ups and downs out a little bit um, and made me daily. It forces me to, from my perspective, privately, I'm here in this office by myself, but there are, there is a watching audience. So it's almost like I have to publicly admit I need Jesus again today. And that's been a real help for me. Um, so I, I'm really thankful for that. And I think that's probably a good thing to admit for all of us daily. Now I found those helpful. So let me think, let me kind of list them out. So you said one, you journal. So you write out your thoughts, your feelings, whatever that might be. I do. Uh, two, you read the Psalms, not by rote, but kind of mm -hmm. contemplatively, like you read them, you think through why someone might feel like they do. And, and you're kind of praying and talking to God, alternating yep. as you do it. Okay. Um, after that, you said physical exercise. I mean, you said projects, but I'm kind of, you know, physical exercise with it. Totally. You're a body, you're a soul. Yep. Um, and I think the other thing you said, I think I missed one, but one of the things you said was too, just for 30 minutes a day, you were able to talk through your faith, your feelings, your need yeah. for Jesus. Now you could probably do it with a friend, with your wife oh, or husband. I'm sure absolutely. there's various ways you could do that. If you're Not everybody's going to do that. I'm like I said, I'm an extroverted extrovert and I happen to be a pastor. Yeah. Um, it started out as a means by me in the early days, just to reach out to my church every day, but it's really more from that. But quite honestly, it has made me much more verbal in my expression. So mm -hmm. often I find myself in this room, this office behind me by myself, and I still talk out what I'm feeling. Um, and, and that's just been helpful for me as an extrovert. Helpful. Now, uh, the other thing I, for, I remember now was uh, you, you mentioned staying connected with friends and laughing, not just mm -hmm. talking about coronavirus, but just having a right. laugh. And, you, and I think it was helpful. You said um, it's not going to get rid of your melancholy, no. but it kind of like gives you a break. It gives you maybe, maybe perspective. Because I think that often Christians feel that if we're walking with God, that somehow we, we're oblivious to our circumstances. But the reality is, I, well, look, why does the world have escapism? Why do we have such a vibrant entertainment industry? These are meant to kind of be distractions to get our minds off of the things, but, but your life doesn't actually change. So I, I think one of the great things about the word of God and the Christian life is not been escapisms. It's the idea that I can find hope and peace and rest in the midst of unmitigatedly bad circumstances. I mean, that's why we looked at Jesus who was in the garden of Gethsemane and felt the weight of sin and felt. And as I've been learning by reading Mark Jones book, knowing Christ, I mean, Jesus is the one human being as the God man that walked here and knew exactly what was going to happen to him his entire life. And yet still was approachable by children, was still described as gentle and meek. So the combination for me of I changed up my, my personal devotional time. I've been very, very strategic about my relationships, my human interactions. I have been careful with the way I respond physically. Has allowed me to experience outlets and, and seasons of perspective while I still deal with the reality that I'm in a city that's under lockdown and fear, masks, no masks, church, no church, all of the pressures, you know, daily reports, the incessant unknowns, the economic uncertainties, and I can still sing, but I know my Redeemer lives. Hmm. I also think it's very peaceful. And so I, let me just enhance this about the Psalms. I'm not just trying to find Psalms. I'm trying to not just read going, yeah, there, there's a bunch, there's a guy that, you know, had a bad day. No, I identify with these emotions. Like 
I, I, I read that Psalm and go, Lord, this isn't just me reading. Like I, I feel that. And if he could come to you, I'm coming to you. And this is what I'm feeling. And then when I get to the end of it, you know, it's great because every, every Psalm but one ends with some sort of understanding of the perspective of God in, in light of my circumstances. So it's, you know, that's been a help to me. So I want to kind of transition to one last question here. And it's, it's based on something you said, and also something I was kind of hoping to touch on is the idea of anxiety. Now, some of us may have seen things, you know, where for the next two or three years, it's possible will be physical distancing, masks, things won't be normal. Um, opportunities may not be there. The future seems hard and that makes the present seem anxious and worrisome. And so we kind of uh, shrink into ourselves and either get grumpy or sad or just worried about the future. But you said something really interesting. You said that Jesus was the only human that we know of yeah. who knew exactly how he was going to die. It wasn't a good way. Exactly what would happen. And yet, he was gentle. You didn't say this, but he was gentle and lowly. Yeah. He was kind to children. He was open. Uh, he, he was vulnerable enough to kind of open himself to friendships, to people. Um, how can we be like Jesus, given all the things that we could be anxious about? Well, and again, you know, without getting into, into the heady stuff of theology, I, I think what, what, here's what I think the last four months has taught me more than anything about myself as a Christian as a husband, as a dad, as a grandfather, as a pastor, is do I really believe what I have read, studied, written exams about, written papers on, sung about in church my whole life, all of these things, do I really believe this? Do I put this into practice? Is this what I lean into and on? And so, you know, Paul tells the Ephesians to be imitators of God. Jesus Christ lived this life for us as our example. And what I think is, is we get confused with, okay, I need to be like Christ as if I, as if I can pull that off. It's, it's the, it's the exerting that faith that says, I'm going to attempt to think, talk and live like Christ, knowing full well, I am never going to pull this off in my own strength. And I'm totally dependent on him. And yet, as I struggle, he lived the life I can't live. That in of itself has relieved me of so much anxiety. The other thing I will say that often we miss in the Sermon on the Mount is we are so consumed with the future. What, how long will the coronavirus be here? When will the vaccine come? When will we get back to normal? Da, 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 da. And yet Jesus Christ himself said, don't be anxious about tomorrow. There's enough anxiety for today. And, <laughs> and, and this was Jesus in his sermon. And, and so it, it's almost like he, he was telling, I get the struggle for you to get through today. And now you're going to add to it by wondering, how am I getting through tomorrow? And so I have found much greater rest to just say, okay, Lord, I'm struggling today. Um, I think one of the things that this has helped me for on a personal level is I'm being a lot more honest with the people that I work with here at my church. I'm being more honest with my wife of being much more honest with my kids, and I'm inviting that honesty from them. Um, you know, I, I had a conversation with my daughter just today, driving her to work, and she was asking me a lot of questions, and I, I said to her, I said, sweetie, 
is this is this you being your natural inquisitive self? Are you right now just feeling all of the the junk of life? You know, she missed her graduation. She's on on a virtual hold with going to university, and you know, she stopped for a minute and she said, "Yeah, I think I think I'm just having a bad day." And I said, "You know what, sweetie, honey? Like that's totally normal." Um, I think the other gift we can all give each other from pastors to whatever you want to call yourself is Jesus is not ticked when you and I go and say, I'm having a bad day. Um, I, again, I'm, I'm doing a book called tired and loving it with my men on our Tuesday morning Bible study. And uh, this fellow Lopez says in it, he says, um, you know, on our worst day, Jesus doesn't, God didn't bail kicking and screaming and angry and just bail. And, and that was such a neat way for me to, apply Hebrews when it says he never leaves me and never forsakes me. And so I think one of the ways I'm an imitator of, I've got, for instance, and I've grand, I've got grandbabies. So this, when you talk about how can we be like Christ, my granddaughter loves, I, I prayed with them last night, they were over for supper and I said, amen. And so she wanted to say, amen. Of course, and there's, this is what she did. Ama, right there. That's all she did. Now, here's the thing. She totally botched imitating me perfectly. She did not say amen. She grunted out two sounds that sounded like she was trying to mimic amen. And I got to tell you, it thrilled my soul as a grandfather, and I got her to do it 20 times <laughs> because it thrilled me that she was trying to imitate her grandfather. And I'm imperfect and a sinner, and my Bible says, if we do good things as parents, how much more does your heavenly father? So I may mimic and try to mimic my Savior and not giving into my anxiety. And it might be nothing but two unintelligible syllables. But because I gave it a go, my heavenly father is pleased with me. And I will tell you that thought does far more to relieve my anxiety than if I nailed being some sort of spiritual Superman throughout the day. Often I have fallen into bed and said, Lord, I grunted at you today. I, tr I tried to grunt it out and tried to picture myself reacting to my granddaughter as this is how God the Father reacts to me when I simply go to him and try to be like him. That's really helpful. God is our father. Jesus is our, our adopted brother, and we're in the family of God now. And yeah. so we can go to him with any of our fears and worries, and we can approach the throne of grace with great confidence. Steve, that was wonderful. Thank you for sharing with us your kind of practical wisdom, things you've learned along the way. I was very helpful. So have Thanks. a great rest of your day and appreciate you being here to help us think through this. Appreciate it, brother.